And we're rolling and Hello, we're here. bitches. Oh, that was a there good... There you go. That was that a was nice... A good theme song. 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 Cunt. Hey, What's with you that? Cunt. You know how um, gay guys call each other, hey, bitch. Yeah, I was just hey, reading... Hey, slutty cunt. I was just reading a friend of... I'm in a writing group and I was reading a friend of mine's sample thing for today and he does that in there, but I think he does it in that way of like, it's so... In other words, to show that somebody's kind of a douche. Oh. It's post... Uh, I got sent this... Um, these scripts for this pod series right that on. I was asked to be in. Or web series. Yeah. And um, I was, I, it just was like not a good fit. But literally in like the first script, one of the friends, it's like a sex in the city of these 40-year-old gay guys in LA. And one um, one calls and is like, hey, bitch. And the other one's like, hi, cunt. And I was just like, and I'm done. And That's I'm in. it for me. Where do I sign? I'm done. I'm out. Right, exactly. So anyway, hello and welcome. Wait, people need, bitch needs to be reinvented somehow because I think it's done in a, in a way, in yeah. its current incarnation. So first of all, we want to apologize for the last podcast that was I um, truncated. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for the technical gaffe. And, uh, but it, people seemed to roll with it and it was okay. So I guess. what you missed was Tony presented me with a fabulous present uh, for Christmas. It was a Xanadu sign that lights up in the Xanadu font, the Xana font. Yeah. And I have to decide where it's going to go because it hangs from the up your ceiling. Butt. Well, tried that. Uh, not happening. Not yet. Maybe in July. Mm. I, I am. Uh, it's a new year. But you also missed some other stuff like Christmas discussion. We talked about you gave um, coffee cards to your favorite El Pollo Loco, which I thought was a charming story. Oh, which, I did. Which they missed, and missed. every time I went through this week, they were like, thank you so much. Those coffee cards were so nice, and that was really nice of you. And so you were feeling Christmas spirity, and you went through El Pollo Loco and gave— I went to Starbucks like, and bought $100 worth, you know, $10, $10 Starbucks cards. Yeah. And then when I went to get my dinner at El Pollo that night, I gave to the guy in the window. I was like, here, you know, pass these out. And 10 isn't even everybody, really. Right. But um, there's some the tortilla maker is shit out of luck. Well, some people didn't. I was some one girl was like, I didn't get a coffee card. Wow. And she doesn't even work the drive through. She specifically came to the window and was like, I didn't get one. And I was like, I'm sorry. I Give guess you inch? didn't work that night. Yeah. What am I going to do? Um, Here's some change from my um, ashtray. Yeah. But they were so grateful and it's been really cute. So that, I, you know, whatever. God bless. I love my El Pollo staff. They're sweet. Yeah. I guess they do what they're great. So that was on the beginning. And then we talked a little bit. I didn't talk at length about my trip because I was – uh, had been up for 36 hours or some yeah. crazy shit. All you said was that you weren't really going to talk about it till yes. this podcast. Although so. I did tell the ending about feeling charmed, which we can get to in this. Remember Charmed and Uncharmed? We'll get to Do that. Do I? Yeah, so we'll get to that. So I've got a whole mess of notes from my trip. But um, last night— I'm just going to buckle in yeah. and let you drive. All right. Well, well last night we saw a, a show we should talk about, Cirque Berserk. No. Cirque Berserk! You love to imitate the Cirque Berserk guy because they are trying to be berserky. But would you rather them be Cirque Normal? Yes. Really? Oh, by a mile. Welcome to Cirque Normal. Yes, Cirque Normal! <laughs> or Cirque Sexy. Right. Or Cirque Lycra. Any so you of don't those. like, you don't, it's not the idea that there's an adjective, it's that you don't like that adjective. Yeah. You don't like berserk. things. You don't like, but it rhymes, it's cute. Well, no, it's right. not. No, but all right, but it. and I don't. I mean, I think you know. And they're all dead. We're all dead and in hell doing yeah. a circus. 
And it's like, yeah, you're really sexy. Just just be sexy. You don't. Have, you can be sexy and alive. Right. But you know, there was whatever. a story that kind of threaded through it that was uh, lame. But I appreciated it that it. I don't know if it all worked, but I liked the idea that there was a. Tr- you know, there was somebody who was introduced in the yeah. beginning, and at the end, she. Well, all of the Cirque ass. de Soleil shows have. Yeah. A sort of thread like that, but it's just less literal and right. Right. like it was a lot in your face. But so I enjoyed it. And some of those uh, acts were incredibly talented. And the there are two guys. One of the guys that's the co-founder of it named Neil. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony and I met him and Tavi, who is his straps partner, in the very same theater almost a year ago today at the Pee Wee Herman show. So it was yeah. a, what would Oprah would call a full circle moment. Sure? Well, maybe. Yeah. If it was her idea, she would, yes. But if one of our producers pointed it out, she would just doubt them oh my and gosh. make them feel nervous and scared. The last podcast we talked about Oprah behind the scenes twenty five, and I have since caught up and watched the episode. I'm that literally you were losing about. sleep because of that show. I'm having nightmares that Oprah's uh, dubious with my jokes that I'm turning into Joan. Yeah, that she has issues with that. Yeah, like she's she, really you're raising a cross diva. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. having a cross diva dream completely. Uh, I had a dream last night that I made out with one of the actors for my short film. Like, what? That was how long ago? Anyways, really? Yeah. Yes. It was vivid, too. Oh, Very boy. vivid. It woke up. I woke up all weird. And you woke, I, up, I was you woke also up inside sharing, your flesh, Jack? Fuck. <laughs> I was also sharing a house with Jack Plotnick and Jim Hansen, who I saw in London. We were all roommates right. in a house. And, and that wouldn't make you crazy. Well, I don't know. I ended up. It's all. It's there's a lot of weird dreams happening. <laughs> yeah, I did watch the Oprah that you mentioned, and uh-huh. it's it. The people. What struck me the most is how nervous her producers were around her, and how nervous they were to present to her. Like she keeps and after those people, fifteen years, and I, they, she makes people feel bad that work for her unnecessarily. Like, I understand being that way your first month. Like, this is Oprah. I'm nervous. I really need to deliver. But when you've got 10 years under your belt of hitting home runs. Yeah, she makes them all nervous. You still walk mm. into every exchange with her fearful that you might be let go. Yeah. and Or or struck. And some of the, like, the blonde lady looked like she, like, she had a, like, that was just how it was. And she had a real love there and stuff like that. But there were, I, I just still felt like. I, you know, when Oprah's sitting there with her dog on her lap and they're Half trying paying to pay attention, yes, and but still dismissing everyone's idea, but not fully listening. Yeah, like I didn't. It didn't make me go, "Wow, I'd love to work for Oprah someday." No. At all, and unnecessary. Didn't need it to be yeah. that way. But it is surprising the access. Yeah, the, yes. the edits. You, it really does make you question what Oprah cut out. Yeah, if that's the stuff she was okay with leaving in, I guess. For sure, or, must... or else she doesn't really see it the way it sometimes plays or whatever. Mm, but it's yeah. good. It's I enjoy it, and the Judds seemed like nice people. Crazy Dennis, but night. Nice. You, oh, you could tell the producers were like, "Oh, thank God, I'd rather be around the Judds." Oh shit, here comes Oprah. Party's over. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but so. I the Judds with their clown red hair and Naomi doesn't have lips anymore. I don't understand. I mean, maybe that's how she stays so thin is she just had her lips removed. And so that she, you can't eat, yeah. you can't keep food in, but, and you know, God knows Winona's doing enough eating for both of them, but right. it's, uh, that reality show is going to be shocking. They're doing a reality show together for Oprah, Wow, for the Oprah network, but the Shania Twain reality show comes first. I can't believe Shania is back in, in such a weird way. Like she goes from not revealing anything of herself to a reality show to saying, I didn't enjoy singing anymore. Wow. 
and I've been intensely private my whole life. And now that I'm a wife swapper, we're bringing the cameras in. Here's a camera crew. It's so it is zero to 60. Yeah, I'm excited about that. All right, I'm going to break down my trip. And right. you can take any detours you would, would like, but well, there's a lot to cover. does sound like something I would do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, on Christmas night, I went to LAX. The lovely Aaron Quill gave me a ride to, see, to LAX, uh-huh. which is a true friend. Yeah. Giving you a ride to LAX on Christmas, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. And, um, and that's the beginning of me feeling charmed. So <laughs> I feel charmed. All right, so I, I found this hotel online called the Mentone Hotel, and it's uh, pretty cheap, and it was well positioned, and not super glamorous, but fine. I did well on that. But is it one of those where you share a bathroom? No, because you do bathroom. that in New York. I have done that. I, I don't can't mind do it. that. I would not do that. Uh, I have done it. Okay. Um, I don't mind it, but this place wasn't like that. Excellent. Um, so when I get there, though, there's a train strike, so I had to take two trains and kind of go a different way. But I, you know what? I used the phone that I had rented in advance, yeah. called the hotel and i'm like i think i'm a little lost and they're like oh no you're just a block away turn and go right and then you're there pip 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 so this day two was jack plotnick and jim hansen and tom lank were going to be in london mm-hmm. at the same time so um jack and tom and i met now, up what were together. they there for jack just loves to go there so jack and jim just went for a holiday wow and tom was doing his show at a little theater called the soho theater he may still be doing it which you should look into. He's so goddamn talented. Yeah. So uh, the first day we met up, we had lunch. We went to this thing called the Winter Wonderland, which is a special thing at Christmas time in Hyde Park. And it's like a carnival. Yeah. You know, with rides and games and stuff. But it's all kind of got that. it's cold as fuck. It's cold as fuck. Uh, but I had a hot chocolate. And um, that morning I bought a hat with the things that go over your ears mm-hmm. with the British flag on it. I just said, fuck it. I'm going full tourist. Yeah. I don't care. Fanny pack? No, not quite, but oh, <laughs> oh, I almost had a fanny pack, if you know what I'm saying, but we'll get to that in day two. Now, did they, were they selling cotton candy at this carnival? Because you sure. know they call it candy floss. Really? Yeah, that's what they call it that. there, which I think is such a great name. But they did, they were selling, like at the hot chocolate bar, just all kinds of Kahlua alcohol Oh, it yeah. A, it was a boozeteria for sure. Well, people wanted to get on the piss and so forth. Um, so we did that. Then we went to Harrods. Which was the day after Boxing Day, which was a cluster de fuck. But I bought um, some swimming trunks on sale in the coldest day in the world in London. Yeah, that is so weird. Random, but I got the Harrods bag and did that. Do you want to bust out a theme song reprise? Right on. So then that night, uh, we go to uh, dinner, and then we go to a club called Heaven, which is a well-known gay club. Have you been there? Oh, yeah. Okay. So there's all these different rooms, and um, it's kind of fun, and, you know, we're all sort of, we're very... On the prowl. We're a little Sex in the City, yes, yeah. walking down the, you know, streets or whatever, and we're kind of looking around, and... And you're like, hey, bitch, let's go in here, cunt. But uh, it was a random crowd. There were a lot of girls there and all this stuff, and it was fun. We danced, and then I was getting ready to leave, and I was in the coat line, which was really long. And I, I was coming to the end of the coat line. I was about to get my coat. And the guy standing, standing behind me sort of struck up a conversation. And I had kind of noticed him, but I didn't really, like, think, oh, gosh, this guy's really cute. I want to talk to him or anything. Right. Because um, you're a racist. I'm a total racist. Um, he is an Asian guy with an Italian name, Bruno, uh-huh. and a British accent. Yeah. And he started just 
kind of chatting me up and like I am already like half hard, right? And you didn't even notice him. Well, he, yeah. Okay, go you ahead. Know, that's all right. I, I mean, <laughs> I'd seen him there, but I wasn't like, I hope this guy talks to me, or I'm going to talk to this guy, or yeah. whatever. You know. Plus, I had talked to a few people already and kind of struck out, and you know, whatever. So he his major um, platform. You know, if you're a Miss USA platform. Oh yeah. His platform was this club is shit. It's how it's this shit. Like all the, there was all these riffraff. Again, there from I like Jordan. him. He's hotter. He's now. getting hotter. He's like even he hotter. was really like he's a little negative. cheeky complainer. And uh, oh, I'm in this love. Club of shit. And there's people here from Jordan and chicks and I, I don't know. It wasn't yeah. his idea of a great thing. So oh God, I can't wait but, to make, make love with him. But we were talking and we were gonna. And somebody's like, "Do you want to do something or whatever?" And I thought, "Yeah." I just I hadn't spoken to him at all. So you know, maybe we could go get a coffee or something and. Nothing is open, but he's wa- so he's gonna walk me back toward Which my. Which is shit, by the way. Oh, so shit. That so everything shit. is closed. Everything's so shit, and um, so he's walking me back to um, my hotel area, which is nice because the tube is shut down, and I'm not sure where I am, and that was very nice. And then at one point, he sort of says, basically, you know, are we gonna fuck or not? Like, kind of. It wasn't like that cut and dry, but it was kind of cut and dry. Well, how did he say it? I don't remember. He's like, well, we can, you know, have sex or I'll either go, you know, we, I can either go to your place or have sex or not. Or I don't, it was very, I don't remember how he put it. I'm okay. sorry. I feel remiss. But, um, you know, and I, I wasn't that sure about, it wasn't like I'd been looking at him all night and I was like, right, right, right. you know, I, I was kind of like trying to look at what had jumped in my shopping cart and during that time he made it very clear that he likes one he likes a certain thing and you better be a certain size or there's no point okay so it was something like uh, he's a basically size queen maybe we should go back to your place and fuck if (laughs) if yeah like yeah and um okay at the risk of, I'm not going to bring out numbers or whatever. Why you should you definitely use numbers? Uh, he needed like nine. Yeah, and I'm not. That's not happening. No. So I was like, you know what? Let's. This has just been really fun. Because when someone says I need nine, yeah, they need eleven. <laughs> right. I mean, that's. Mm-hmm. It's like let's be honest. Nine yeah. is going to be. And I said, a well, I could. I could pick up the. Maybe we can knock on the door, man, and we can combine. Can you combine? Yeah, exactly. Can no. this be cumulative? Yeah. So and you know and. What so. if you have two five and a halfs in you at the same time? <laughs> Does that? <laughs> but it was so cut and dry, and um, I was like, you know what? But the win. The great thing is, Jesus. I got to. I got I walked home, which was good. Like that was a good thing. Again, and I wasn't half super full, let down. Glass half full, Hensley. But I wasn't I love that about you. Why? Yeah, it was just like I didn't take it personally that this guy was that limited in his. Right. You know. Well, and the thing is, nine, which again is really eleven. Eleven is kind of a deformity. Like eleven is kind of maybe one percent of the population if that like 11 isn't something that just yeah oh yeah, yeah people probably have that yeah so like well i think i maybe could have talked him down but you know like real estate like <laughs> you're he, gonna bargain him yeah, down he's gonna he put you know he's put it on the market for nine but he might have taken eight or seven. no but that's but, the thing nine i didn't want to be with a guy that was that like that yeah and and this kind of shit this cock is shit 
Like, oh, you know what? <laughs> it kind of is. But no, you know what? I don't, whatever. Ugh. But the good news is I got walked home and um, he is did a big he, fan of the fashion police. He's a big fan of fashion police. Well, that's good. People light up when you say, you know, you're working on fashion police with John Rivers. They love her. And uh, it's, it's, um, it's a winning thing. So, but he was, I wanted to take a picture of him, you know, and he didn't want to be in pictures. But he was going as Captain America to New Year's a New Year's party, and he felt like he was in good shape and looked good and was happy to rock the body, but he didn't want to be in a picture. Like, I couldn't make sense of his gay vanity. Did you ask him for the picture after you discussed inches? Probably. And he's British, so was it in metric, or did he say inches? No, I think inches. That's yeah. interesting. Nine, nine. You would no. expect a a Brit to be like, I need so many centimeters. I don't know, but and I don't know what the conversion is, but I don't. Either. It would make me feel even worse about myself. I'm sure. But the good news is, I got to kind of get a story, and I got walked home, and I wasn't so dying to. So you know. okay, so also charmed. Oh, a charmed. stranger walked you home. Yes, I got home when fine. you would have otherwise been lost been, and not. Maybe had to spend money on a cab. Right, like, it, it worked out. Charmed. Right. Okay. Charmed. Ding. All right. Day two, I connected with – oh, I did this cool thing when I first – well, when I first went to London, I wrote on my Facebook page, I'm going to be in London. Any tips? So all these people from Facebook said, yeah. go to this place, do this, have one of these, eat one of these. you know. And so I wrote them all down, and I, I tried to do some. And I think that would be a fun idea for like an article one day is just I'm going to go somewhere and only do right. the things that are – Spoke, that you know, strangers or people on my friend list. So, on um, on day three, Alec Mappa posted that I should have a um, a chocolate croissant at this place called Patisserie Valerie. Mm -hmm. So I met there with my friend Susanna Trail, who Debbie Trail is her sister, and we used to work on the cruise ships my very first year, like eighty seven, uh -huh. and uh, and then. I became friends with Susanna because she stayed here in like 91 for like two weeks and slept on the couch and we became good friends. And so the, the free comedy couch, it was the earlier one, the yeah. one with the Southwestern pattern, which isn't nearly as chic as the one we're sitting on now. <laughs> so, uh, nor was it as, as comedic. No. So we went to, uh, this place and had this delicious, uh, chocolate croissant. Thank you, Alec Mappa. And, um, then we went and met up with Debbie um, and rode the London Eye. So, you know, the London Eye that goes all the way around. Uh, it's a Ferris wheel, It's right? a Ferris yeah. wheel, and you're in a big pod. And what's cool about it is they don't overcrowd them. It's not like you're packed in there like sardines. There's benches, yeah. and you can sit and stand, and you can take pictures, and, you know, you could break dance if you wanted. There's room. And the other thing I like that's cool about it is it doesn't stop. So it doesn't stop and you get on. It just kind of moves slow. So you kind of have to jump on when it's moving. Yeah. And that's kind of fun. It kind of adds a little bit of adventure Again, to it. Again, they would never do that in America. Yeah. Lawsuit. Yeah. Someone in a wheelchair doesn't have enough time. Wah, wah. But in yeah. the rest of the world, they're like, sorry if you're in a wheelchair. Guess yeah. you can't do this then. <laughs> you either need to fucking roll in there quick. Yeah. Like, yeah. So compassion is your New Year's resolution. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do think sometimes we take it a little too far. No, I do with, think – yeah, you know. I do think they have a lot of rules about a lot of stuff here for sure. And I liked – you know, it slowed down. I mean it wasn't like you had to jump it like, like jump rope. But it was kind of it. exciting. Do you have a right to go on the Haunted Mansion? Is that a right? Is it a guaranteed right? Well, if they can make it work for you, yeah. They well, should be able to. Well, the way they make it work is – because the Haunted Mansion is one continuous conveyor belt loop. Yeah. So in order to stop 
to let someone get on, the whole ride stops. Right. Which affects, you know, the illusion or whatever, the fun that everyone... Now, I'm not saying that's the wrong thing. Right. But it really is a deal where the way this ride is designed, because it's one giant conveyor belt... Yeah. If we stop it to give you extra time to get on or off, we're now shutting down the whole ride, maybe for 20 seconds, maybe for a minute and a half, which is, you know, we're changing the experience for every single person on the ride. I'm not taking this. I'm just saying, but what I really get annoyed at with is when we have to stop the ride because you're so fucking obese, you're in a scooter and you did it to yourself. And now you're affecting me and Matea's fun. Now I'm against you now that I I don't like. All right. Right. Back to the London eye. So you go around and go, did you you do this to yourself or did you have something happen to you? Okay, great. All right. Just wanted to check if I, I just needed to know how much of a stink I had to give you. (laughs) But now I'm up to speed. Thanks. So, um, but Debbie was a fitness director and then became a social hostess and she, um, left the ships, got into, recruiting had like uh, yeah. human human resources did really well married a stockbroker uh who's really high up and successful had two kids um left the workforce now lives in the suburbs with her two yeah. kids and her and you, is you low think you're dead charmed. low dead yeah and she used to have kind of wavy hair she straightened it out she's very demi Moore in disclosure you know okay. business suit yeah and um so it was great. It was so – it felt like no time had passed really, but yet all the stuff had happened. And there was something that happened. There were like some other friends that I got together with. Uh, but people in their 40s, and you haven't seen them in a long time, it's great to get together because you're sort of not trying to prove yourself anymore. You're just – and people have been through shit. Mm-hmm. You know, people have gone through hard times and good times. And I don't know. There was something really um, – poignant about bonding with with these people again after and like that you know and also like just sharing like oh you wouldn't believe what this breakup was like or and then you know and and um you know debbie's life went pretty smooth but some of the other people i met with were like oh you know Mm -hmm. and i don't know i thought it was really beautiful and um susanna works in production and she uh she you know goes struggles with employment too you know sometimes she's great sometimes she's working and then sometimes she's out and right. so we had a lot to to bond over and um but the london eye was really cool and then we went and had cocktails at this building called the oxo tower that looked out over everything it was beautiful and i had a virgin mojito that was tasty and delicious and then we went to this dim sum restaurant that our friends Shannon and Brian Fuller recommended to me on Christmas Eve mm-hmm. uh, in Soho. And it was kind of um, trendy and hip, but also really delicious and manageable and not too loud. And it right. was just a great option. So again, another Facebook tip mm-hmm. um, success story. And then at the last minute, Susanna and I went and saw this movie Monsters. Do you remember it? It was in theaters for like two seconds. It was at the Arclight. No, it was at the New Art in L.A., which is like a, you know, art house. Yeah. And they, but they only have short runs. Like so what's it about? It's about two people in Mexico. Um, this kind of photogra- photojournalist goes down there to get the daughter of his employer who's down there and, and bring her back. 
and there's aliens and shit down there. So it's this movie that was done really on the cheap but looks amazing, and the relationship is interesting. Like outer space aliens. Yes. Okay. And it's it should have been this year's District 9, and I don't understand why it wasn't more of a big deal because it's solid and good and huh. interesting. I'll look for that. Redbox it Yeah. when it comes out. It's cool. And um, so we went and saw that, and that was fun. So that was um, th- that day, and it was great to see those girls. I love them. And then on Wednesday, I did some shopping, and then we saw Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Me and okay. Jack and Jim Hansen. So tell us about Priscilla. Well, first of all, there's some songs that you remember from the movie, like yes. um, Shake Your Groove thing is in it. and Finally. Finally, which is so good. That song makes me so happy. Phoenix, Arizona. Cece Pennison. Is she Phoenix girl? Yep. Wow. I love that. Has she done Sunset Junction yet and sung that? Like, she's probably doing the gay cruises. I, oh, yeah. I did yeah. an event with her in Arizona. Wow. Where I did stand-up and she came out and sang Finally. Uh, I love Which it. she calls it Finally. She says She doesn't wrong. call it Finally. Maybe she's so sick of it. She it's has to Finally. Make it. She has to say it with three syllables yeah. because that's the song and that's her yeah. fucking song that she has to sing that's right. every goddamn day. So it's like... You know what? Do you want me to do Finally? It's so it's such a winner. But then they added in other songs that weren't in the movie... But kind of random, like Say a Little Prayer and Downtown. The show opens with mm-hmm. When You're Alone, you sure. know? And then there's there's some lip syncing that happens, and then there are these three divas that descend from the heaven and, and sing yeah. to the lip sync or drag queen. Um, Say a Little Prayer is great because the main guy who's going to go meet his daughter or his son, do you yeah. remember the story? Oh, yeah. He sings it, you know, before he goes to meet his son – each morning I wake up before I put on my makeup, I say a little prayer for you. It's kind of like the lyrics have a different meaning. And it was like, ooh, that was a smart pick. Yeah, it's a clever twist. And then um, Thank God I'm a Country Boy is in it. <laughs> John Denver. Uh, really? When they go to the Outback and they're with all the hicks. Do they stuff. fiddle? They fiddle in they Australia? Do a, they do a barn dance. I guess so. They do a barn dance and bring people on the uh, from the audience. Well, and, you can't have a bond without, without a, ducks. You can't have a bond without that. You can't have a show without a bond without ducks. <laughs> um, so that's Priscilla. And um, my favorite part about it is the bus. They have a big bus, as you would, as you do. That's right what on the stage. Brits always say. Right on stage. And it turns around. And when they go to, you know, the movie, somebody paints dye fags or whatever, faggots oh, or whatever okay. on it. And then they paint it. That's when they paint it pink. Yeah. Well, how they do that, the effect of how they do that was my favorite thing about the whole show. And it made me cry. Because wow. sometimes things in how musicals. How do they do it? Can I say? I think you should. The bus is, lights up. It, it looks like a normal gray bus from the outside. But then there's all these lights in it, like a light and bright. It's all fiber optic. Yes. And then once they once it's pink, through the rest of the show, it changes rainbows and uh, yeah, shit yeah, comes yeah. up. And the bus kills and so when they're painting it red like somebody will throw do a swash like with a paintbrush on it yeah and it'll light up oh that's neat in a streak yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. and they throw a like they throw a bucket of paint on it and it goes splat or whatever so and it lights up and you don't think it, it doesn't look like it's gonna do that because it doesn't look like it's all lit that's you know? really great and so when it happens it's so <gasps> eye-popping and you know it means we're gonna embrace our gayness or whatever and yeah, own yeah. it and that, that was really moving and I, that made me cry a little for sure and um that. it's all about the bus for sure and um and the guy it's so funny there's the lead guy who played the um 
the dad, he was kind of like he seemed his credits seemed like he's the straight guy that plays all the parts on Broadway and stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. like the the guy that he probably like was the in, hunk of the West End, the hunk of the West End that was probably in Wicked, and he you know he's done all those parts, and so and he was good in it, and he's really attractive and a sweet voice and a good actor and stuff, but. You know, at the end, they were doing that kind of curtain call thing and uh, And where people are kind of freestyling and whatever. And then he does like and they're kind of doing their own moves. And then it was like there was one move at the end where he did like one kind of butch move and another kind of butch move and then gay pose. And I remember leaning over to Jackie and I went straight, straight, gay, you know, (laughs) because it was like, you know, the cat was kind of out of the bag, as it were. But yeah, straight, straight, gay, pussy, pussy, butthole. <laughs> yeah, exactly, totally. And um, but it was it was a fun show, and I guess it's a Toronto now, and it's gonna come to it's um, coming to Broadway. Yeah, for sure. I felt like the heart of that story is the relationship with the son and the dad, and I felt like they could have had more time. They could have milked that a little more. It was kind of like then the yeah, kid's out, and it's kid all the actors. You know, you they know. walk. It's always that musical, like the kid walks out and says a few lines, and nobody moves or does anything. And right, because it's just like a yeah. With, it's like Sandy yeah. in um, Annie. Yeah. Every time they bring that fucking dog out, it's like, and he's looking in the wings at his trainer the whole time. <laughs> it's just and get it over. Annie with. has to fucking sneak a treat out of her wig. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's just <laughs> like, oh, why are we? Yeah. So I haven't thought about Annie, but I'm gonna bring it up later when I in, chron- in chronological. You have order. a thought about Annie? I do. I'll break it out now. Fuck it. Okay. So speaking of musicals, when I was in New York after London, we saw Billy Elliot. Yes. My friend Tom and I went and saw Billy Elliot, and I liked it much more than Priscilla. I just was more moved by it. Right. Um, and the I can't tell you one song from it. Like the music isn't very memorable. Right. But it, it's fine in context. But that kid. Yeah. I see why they gave him all three Tonys. Like that kid. He has to do ballet like a motherfucker. Right. He has to tap like a motherfucker. He has to act, he has to sing, and he has to be on stage almost the whole time. And in an accent. Yeah. And I thought, I'm sick of hearing about how great Annie was. That girl had to, what, sing and maybe (laughs) give a dog a treat? Yeah. Yes. bullshit. This kid Andrea McCarroll can suck it. She can, she can suck, suck Billy Elliot's so dick. Hard. All six all of them. All three of their dicks. All s- 20 of them. I don't know how many Billy Elliot's there have been lately, but it really is about that kid. Is it like Menudo, where yeah, they're constantly in rotation? Well, somebody starts to change. My friend Tom over. that I went with knows somebody that's connected to this particular kid, and they said that it's almost like this is his Twilight Billy Elliot yeah. era because it's, it's time to, wow. you know. But um, what's kind of great about it is that. The the miners and all the sort of blue collar guys also end up sort of dancing in parts of it, and yeah. then they do a lot of juxtaposition with the girl ballerinas. Yeah. So because that's who the cast is, you know, it's the family, and then there's the miners, and then there's the, all these little girls. So there's great choreography where the the miners are each miner is partnered with a little girl. Yeah. And so it's just stuff you never see on stage, and this story was really moving, and um, you know, he's this kid that has this I'm excited to see it I I cried and cried and cried and then on the way out of it this is where I'm a little cynical the guy behind still charmed at this point still charmed still charmed I'm still charmed (laughs) yeah the guy behind me at this behind us size um, queen possibly uh, he had a shirt on that said 11 or more. Bust. 11, 11 or more. Bust. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so um, the, 
guy behind me goes, boy, that kid has a great future ahead of him. And I thought, no, he doesn't. <laughs> this is what's ever going to be better than this in terms of creative fulfillment, in terms right. of accolades, in terms of money, in terms of attention. No, he doesn't. Well, it's and all starring in a show. Yeah, it's all downhill from here. What are like, the chances you're ever going to star, be the title character in a Broadway show where yeah. you're on stage almost the entire time? So I was trying to be. I wasn't trying to be negative, but when he said that, I thought, no, it's not. Oh, it's I love that. Slow. Dennis. Well, it's so it's such a hard business. How do you? Yeah. How do even if you have a great thing, how do you follow it up with an? It just yeah. lightning doesn't He's happen like that. He's got a lot like of that. drugs ahead of him. Yeah. Disappointment and That's addiction. Good. And I said to Tom, I said, when he said that, he goes, I know, I thought the same thing. He goes, I thought he's going to end up like Dana Plato or whatever. Oh, but God. he's got a bright future ahead of him. Mm. Really? Why? Is he on Vampire Diaries? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Has he got what another have you gig? heard? Has he got another gig lined up? Is yeah. he, you know? No? Okay. Yeah. So anyway, but amaze, balls that show. What so an back amazing to London. trip. Yeah. Back to London. Let me get through a few, couple more days and then we can, how are we doing on time? Because I want to get all this, I want to leave okay. London behind. Um so on Wednesday, Billy Elliot, and yeah. then I went and saw this um, Italian movie called Loose Cannons. Okay. And it's a gay-themed story, and it was in a number of theaters there, like a big release. And um, it was wonderful. And I don't know if it'll even be in gay festivals over here. I imagine hmm. it would. But it's about um, a, a family that runs pasta in a small town. The The younger son is going to come out. Okay. And... and and it's going to upset the whole apple cart. And he tells his older brother the night before, I'm going to come out, you know, to dad. And he's like, oh, shit. And so he's about to do it and the older, at around a dinner table with the whole family there. And the older brother steals his thunder and does it first. And you don't see the older brother. He doesn't seem like a gay. You know what I mean? You don't, oh, you mean the older brother says, I'm gay? Yes. Okay. And so that's kind of a farcical yeah. whatever. But once that's sort of done – then it becomes a really interesting character, family, comedy, drama. In other words, it's not hijinks and stuff like yeah, yeah, that yeah. setup is. And it's in Italian. It's in Italian. And at the end, and because the, the son doesn't want to go into the family business. He doesn't want to be a businessman. He wants to be a writer. So at the end, the son does finally come out. But the speech isn't about being gay. It's about wanting to be a writer. And when I wake up in the morning, I want to write things down. And he gives this beautiful speech about who he is. And it's not about his sexuality, but it's about that. And I was just like a mess. I did a lot of sobbing in theater chairs Jesus. recently. Yeah, it was beautiful. Keep an eye out for it. Loose cannons. Okay, so the next day, Thursday, I I had this friend that I worked with on uh, the cruises named Philip Foster, mm -hmm. who is a British guy. Mm. Very kind of, to me, he seemed very posh. Like, he's very handsome. He had a great head of hair and a great face. And everything was, I can't bear it. And... You know, he had a very posh accent, and when I first worked with him, we couldn't have been more different, but I became sort of infatuated with him. Mm -hmm. I kind of was nuts about him, and he had a boyfriend back home, and it wasn't going to happen. And I remember us having a conversation about how it wasn't going to be that, mm -hmm. but it was kind of so obvious because we were, became sort of inseparable at first. And, and then later in the contract, I kind of grew apart from him a little bit because he was a little bit snobby. Like, I just remember him thinking, I can't bear it. Like, I got a little fed up with that stuff. But I always kind of, I, ever since then, I keep in touch with him a little bit here and there, and he's come to visit. And so when we got together, I was so excited to see him, and I was, like, drawn to him again in that way that I was initially. Like, yeah. And that, I didn't see that coming. Like, I kind of... Like, I'm, like, infatuated with him again, you know? And he's got a partner, and it's all whatever. Right. But I didn't 
I thought it would be fun to get together, but I didn't think I would be that drawn to him or that like I didn't think I'd feel that. Thing hey, again. remember that conversation we had about 15 years ago about how I'm in love with you <laughs> and you have a boyfriend? Uh, let's have that one again. Yeah, because uh, it was weird. <laughs> I was really surprised. And he's somebody like like I was saying earlier who had been through the ringer with some stuff yeah. and now is in a much better place. And it was so lovely to see him. And we had walked down the street and you know how Europeans hold your arm when sure. they walk. He did that. Nice. And I loved it. And we went to see the this museum exhibit about the Ballet Rouge, okay. which I'd not really heard of kind of. It was a Russian movement of mm-hmm. big ballets all through Europe, and they toured. And it was at the Victoria and Albert Museum. And basically, you learned about the guy that was behind it all. And he was a choreographer with a Russian name that started with a D. I can't even remember what it was. But it was that feeling that I got when I went to the Walt Disney Museum, which is that we're all here because one guy. One guy had a vision. Like when you go to Disneyland, we're here because this one man yeah. had had a vision and had the One idea can create a whole industry. Yes, with the right man, with the right passion and the work and the vision and that thing that makes people do stuff and where yeah. you know like anti Semitism. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. The frozen, you know, the sure. cryogenic chamber, you whatever. You have to hate gays and blacks <laughs> and you can really get things done. But I, I, w- I was struck by that. And the funny thing was Again, with the Charmed, in Billy Elliot, there was a a reference to the Ballet Rouge. Because basically, before sure. then, I think it was ballet was moving toward technique, technique, technique. You do this, you do that. And it was sort of losing the artistry and the heart and the passion and the the theatrical the, the story and right. the whatever, the emotion. And so that movement kind of brought that back. And there was a line of Billy Elliot about how, you know, this, his dance teacher was more like, you have to dance from your heart. And, you know, and they, there was a reference to the Ballet Rouge. And I was like, I know that. I know what that is. I, I, I was just there. You could turn to the size queen behind you and say, say just, hey, yeah. 11 or bust. I actually just or bust. saw so, a museum about that. Um, and I also ate at this place called Wagamama. Have you heard of it? Because you would fucking love it. The, well, you were telling me about it. The yeah, fast, fast food-ish, Asian. Fast food-ish, Asian, ramens, stuff like that. They're all over the place. Yeah. You actually get waited on, but they move. That's really like great. when I was there last, we were obsessed with Pret-a-Manger. Yeah. Which was, it was sort of sandwiches and it was the first time I ever had veggie chips, you know, yeah. like sweet potato, potato mm, chips I love and all that, that st- you know, those ones right and on. stuff. And, and they were like on every corner and you could just run in and grab like this amazing fancy sandwich. What are they called? Pret a manger. Oh, they're everywhere. Yeah. 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 I and, didn't go um, in one, but they're everywhere and people so like them. Oh, good. Really? And, they're everywhere. You know? And so, yeah, this is like the new yeah. thing. Wagamama. Yeah, love it. And they're all over. And a number of people on Facebook said I had to go there, like Brian Carpenter and different people were like, "Go to walk." And I loved it. And And I had a crush on the waiter. And so then, from London, you go to New New York. York. But I need to do my last night in London. Oh fuck! Um, I have to show you the program from this show I saw, Um, and it's right over there. So um, read an email. And I'll get the program. Oh, okay. Okay. We're, this is the intermission. Okay, we're at the intermission. We're um, almost out of London, by the way. We have uh, a couple of we have a couple of emails from friends. One of them I just love that um, our friend um, Doug, and I'm not sure where Doug is, but he sent an email uh, entitled Mary. M-E-R-R-Y. And it says, so I sat down last night to watch my DVR copy of A Charlie Brown Christmas with my son. And somewhere in the back of my mind, I couldn't stop thinking, 
Brandy killed a man. So that's good. That's out there. Yeah. Um, also, Michael Shane emails uh, us at thecomedycouch at gmail.com for Tony. Uh, I just wanted to tell you how much I enjoyed your show in Fort Lauderdale last That's night. That's great. And I felt bad for you that you had to suffer through such an inept audience. So Michael was at the audience that sat there silently looking at me, smiling for a whole hour. And he says, if I didn't know better, I thought I was sitting next to Charles Lowe. Mr. Lowe was married to Carol Channing, who would watch every show she ever did, laugh, cry, and lead spontaneous standing ovations. He seemed to really enjoy the show and had the loudest laugh I ever heard. So there was, was one person the, laughing. Are you sure he's at the same yeah. show? Okay. Yeah. Um, but I think, I don't think it was Charles Lowe. I think it was the producer. I think it was my producer, Leslie, trying to get the audience to laugh. Right being the one person to laugh loudly and he kind of gave up halfway through. But um I don't think it was actually Charles Lowe. But um that would be something if it was. I know, right? But he was like it was so much fun come back to Fort Lauderdale again. So I appreciate Michael for yes. sending the support and it was tough. Um this one is entitled Wilson Phil Oops. Uh and this is from Brad in Toronto. Hey guys, love grabbing my comfy spot on the comedy couch every week and I always know I'm in for a laugh. I love when in, they go with the comfy couch yeah. metaphor, the couchy potato. In the past they episode, you both professed your love for Wilson Phillips and trust I was right there with you twenty years ago, harmonizing in the secrecy of my car. Well, the girls were guests on Howard Stern this week, and I know Dennis is a fan, so I wonder I if you heard it. it. Of course Howard did an amazing job of prying things out of them, and I'm sure you've never that I'm sure they've never been asked in an interview. What was kind of a letdown, though, was when he asked China about becoming born again, and she started talking about the Lord, ouch, and Jesus, this and that. So then he asks if she supports gay marriage. Well, you would have thought she was trying to sneak a box of Krispy Kremes past Carney for all the tiptoeing she did, trying to avoid answering. You could absolutely tell she was sure we're all going to burn for our sins, but she didn't want us to come out and say it. Of course, Carney jumped in and said she loved the gays and there should be equal marriage rights for all. It almost seemed like she was trying to do some damage control. I'm sure she was. Yeah. In other developments, just like you guys said, Wendy's not so much with the smarts and basically sat there silently. <laughs> but she sings lead on my favorite Wilson Phillips song. I don't want to think about it. Don't really? Impulsive is your favorite one? Don't... I think it really is. Okay. Oh, you know what? When I start to think about it, it's, no. it's like picking a favorite child. No, it's not. I like you're uh, in love, too. <laughs> um, it was another great Howard Stern interview, but later in the day, I heard Wilson Phillips' song on the radio, and instead of the warm, reminiscent feeling it usually stirs, it was tinged with that sick feeling the fundamental, the fundies always seem to bring out. Anyway, I don't want to poo-poo your love for the Wilsons and the Phillip, but I thought it was an enlightening moment. Love being on the couch. Thanks for doing it every week. Brad in Toronto. Love Brad in Toronto. And then I have two separate emails. Um, uh, one from Jeremy and one from Tori in D.C. that are both alternate names for my show, Tony Tripoli. I shit my pants. Oh, I love this. So um, Jeremy suggests I soiled my slacks. I defecated my dungarees. I messed up my Marcianos. I crapped my Calvins. I pooped my populars. I voided in my Vanderbilts. I turded in my trousers. I dumped in my drawers. I bowled in my blue jeans. I evacuated my energies. I befouled my blue jeans. I stained my skinny jeans. I BM'd in my BVDs. I built a log cabin in my butt huggers. I cleansed my colon and my chinos. I dropped a deuce in my 501s. I dropped the kids off at the pool in my pants. I hersheyed my haggers. I left a floater in my Francisco Lachowskis. I made some butt coffee in my Frankie B's. 
I made Cleveland Steamer in my Citizens of Humanities, and I tutored in my True Religions. But Tori in D.C. suggests that I should take the show international. Okay. And says, if you think your current press release mangle your show's title, I was thinking what would happen if you took the show international. Various translations come to mind. Okay. Man from America has bowel problems. <laughs> foreign, foreign homosexual goes poo-poo in his trousers for entertainment purposes. <laughs> Diarrhea, serious problem in the Americas, says Traveling Entertainer. American homosexuals suffer from anal problems, claims performer. Antonio from Tripoli confesses problems with availability of, bathroom, availability of bathrooms in America. And foreign comic, foreign comic is little better than dog in street in toilet behavior. So those are just... <laughs> I love the, the inspiration that yeah. people took and the, I, those are all valid... So we love you for sending your emails, yes. and please send us some more at thecomedycouch at gmail.com. And now we return to London to Town London. for that day. What are we on, day we're, five? We're on day five, my last day, but I okay. forgot something important about day four, which is really important. Really? Yes. Okay. Okay. So uh, Wednesday night, um, we had seen Priscilla in that afternoon, yes. and, and Jack and Jim had found – They'd heard of this club called Joiners in Arms that was out of the way. It was not in Soho, and yeah. it was sort of like the Silver Lakey um, equivalent. They had heard like a local club where you can meet like like not twinks, but like normal guys, and you know it's supposed to be yeah. fun. So I wrote down the name or whatever, and I was going to meet them there. Well, I get there after some serious uh, tubing and walking and mapping, and I I get there. I I make it. And they're not there. And um, I text them, and they're like, we're in Soho. How is it? And I was like, well, you know what? It's really fun. It's like this kind of dive bar way out in the you know East End. I was uh, an East Ender. Sure. And um, the guys were mad, like really approachable and nice. And listen to what they played. Tub thumping. Oh, you wouldn't think the Brits would own tub thumping. Well, You'd think they sort of, like, it yeah. would be like playing It's a Small World or something. Uh, nine to five. Interesting. Vogue. Who really yeah. plays Vogue? That's good, though. And it's amazing. Nine to five. They yeah. played nine to five. <laughs> and when I first got there early on, I talked to this guy at the bar named Alex, and he's from France. And Alex was kind of sexy. He had, like, on a tight like uh under armor kind of shirt yeah he did i know and he was a little really euro trash did he call it france i don't know i couldn't understand him very well at all but he was really like giving me the sexy eye or whatever long story short alex wanted to go in the bathroom and hook up with me and well you say wanted to like it didn't happen and it almost happened and i was like what's my theme for the years to drive the story i was like what what do i what do i all right can't it be the winter of why not? I know it was I know, the summer no, of why I know. not. Well, here's the thing. I went in there, and okay. he came in there, and then he was like, sit on the toilet and blow me. And I was like, that's not going to – that toilet is disgusting me. Dennis, and you leave your pants on. I wasn't – it was – and his I, – I was like, I'm sorry, this isn't happening, and I left. So it was the summer of I, I dropped so the ball. So send your angry emails to thecomedycouch <laughs> at gmail.com and explain to Dennis why he should have sucked that French dick. You, if you had been there, Tony, you wouldn't have even gone in the door. You would have been like, We're, I'm, this is unacceptable. I can't. You would have been like, I yeah. can't bear it. Probably. Yeah. That's 
True. So it may it, be too berserk. Yeah, it may have been too berserk. So I I don't regret not. It was gross. It was all of the thing about it was there was nothing appealing about it once I was okay. in the moment. And granted, I'm a pussy. You, yeah, you can't claim to be a piss top. No. And then not even suck some French guy's dick in a bathroom at a British no, Silver Lake bar. I can't. I wasn't. No. And I felt <laughs> bad about it, but it was early in the night. You know, I wasn't going to. And then uh, the funny thing about that bar is, like, I talked to a lot of guys, but none of them were from London. There was, like, this guy from Jordan, a guy from Portugal, a guy, you know. Yeah. And well, they were, it's an international it, hub. But I kind of, I had that good feeling of, like, oh, I went to the off-the-beaten-path place and had an adventure and, you know, didn't blow a guy, which was good. That's not really having an adventure. Blowing the guy is having an adventure. It was gross. I wasn't having it. <laughs> yeah, but you should have had a gross adventure. <laughs> I should have had a gross adventure. All oh, right, so the next day. That's a good story, right? Okay. The last, my last It's the night. start of a good story. I know. And then, and then it becomes. A disappointment. <laughs> so typical of me. But he, and he got weird. He got ugly and not very, you know, I don't know. I need he was, sh- was he sit on this dick? A little, sit on this dick? He was a little bit. No, he was like sit on the toilet, sit on the toilet. Yeah. He was very that. Well, and it's ugly, right? Yeah, no, it is. I'm a genie in a bottle. Fuck it. All right. So my last night, my editor at British Premiere named Matt, um, I hadn't seen him in a long time because the magazine folded, but we got together and he and his boyfriend and a couple of other friends, we went to this play called La Soiree, okay. which is a kind of circ kind of show down on, on the West Bank in a tent. Yeah. And um, it was so wonderful. Um uh, his partner had worked with a couple of the actors in it, so we got really good seats. And there is a guy that can put his whole body through a tennis racket who's yes. really funny and charming. And then there was uh, this guy is David Omer. He is um, from Berlin, and he's the bath guy. Mm-hmm. So he does aerial work. Um, like on straps that swing around. Right. But there's a bathtub center stage that he keeps going into and coming out of. And he does all these playful things like spit water at people and he has a rubber ducky and it's very sexy. It's like if Antonio Sabato Jr. had a skill. Like wow. he was really hot. Okay. And that's uh, a big leap, but okay. Yeah. And uh, well, he did do Circus of the Stars, didn't he, Antonio? And he yeah. did okay. Like mm-hmm. it was kind of like that. So, and then there was. Um, a singer, and then there were two of the acts. Though there were these two British guys that were like um, called two British lads, and they did like body balancing acrobatics, oh, and yeah. they were phenomenal. Um, and uh, afterwards, we got to go out with two of the performers, and we had dinner at um, Joe Allen's. And somebody came up to me and said, "Did I see you at the Abbey?" And I was like. The Westminster Abbey? I don't know what yeah. you're talking about. And it turns out it was two friends of one of the other writers from Fashion Police that had just been at a taping in L.A. So literally, even when you're in London town, yeah. when someone says something about the Abbey, yeah. they still mean the fucking Abbey in West Hollywood. That's true. The it Abbey surpassed Westminster Abbey as the It Abbey. is the Abbey. God, yeah. that's a sad state of affairs. Yes, totally. Um, unless you're, you know... Ann Landers, and then it's that bitch sister of yours, whatever. Um, but there was one act in this show that was my favorite, and it wasn't even a circusy act; it was more of an acting act. Um, she was a kind of a clown performer girl, and she came out, and she was going to sing a song. She was like pretending to be this theatrical character. Yeah, and she was going to do a scene or whatever. 
she was a dramatic actress, but she needed somebody from the audience to introduce her. So she found this guy, and she picked him out of the audience, and it took her a while to pick. And you understand later, like, she needed the right guy. And he was kind of shaggy cute, but unassuming and kind of a, a normal guy. And so he read the introduction, please welcome, you know, Isabella, whatever, whatever her name was. Yeah. So she comes out, and she does her first line, and then she, like, shows him her hand and his not line is on the next line is on her hand and he has to read it. Yeah. And then she keeps doing it and she has lines hidden all over her body. Like she'll, oh, that's cute. and she'll show him her elbow and she'll stick out her tongue. And at one point, so you're watching this guy gradually kind of come out of his shell and start to perform a little. And then she keeps like, she'll turn the bottom of her shoe up and, and the, the next line will be, but what I really want to do is play the harmonica. And then she'll have the harmonica for him, and he has to do it. So right. it's a stepping stone toward these little things. And and at the end, he goes. Some he says the line is, you know, she shows him on her neck the next line, and it's like, but what I really want to do is sing to you. And so um, the West Side Story musical music comes on, um, and it's the thing. But I think it's. Um, There's a place for us. I right. think, or no, I think it's tonight. No, it's not tonight. So West Side Story starts playing. And yes, he has and, to just... he, and he lip syncs it. But oh, he's, okay. And she's lip syncing and he's lip syncing it, but he's doing it with so much passion and, and love. And it's so, I don't know how to describe how moving it was to watch this guy come out of his shell and go with it. It was such a beautiful, I cried. I found it so moving that I cried with joy. Because it was sort of like, to me said, look, if you go into something and you trust and you're open and you have a sense of humor, you can right. something beautiful can happen. I don't know. It felt like it was saying huh. a life lesson to me. I had a I'm not even gonna bring up that bitch Oprah, it'll ruin the mood, but you know what I'm saying. I just can't believe how much you cried frozen tears in London. All over the place. I was that's crying. Amazing. But it was my favorite act of the whole thing. And it was so clever. Like well, and it seemed really like neat. such a simple I idea. And then we got to have dinner afterwards with these people. And um that was my last night, it and I went like out a on a bang. Show. It's a super fun show with a lot of sexy stuff, and so then you go yeah. to or to New York. I go to New York, and um, did we just we didn't talk about? New and Year's you have Eve, a great plan, which is about your suitcase. Oh, my suitcase plan. Okay, so um, I have a great plan. I leave my big suitcase at JFK because I'm going to have two days in New York, then I'm going to fly out and back to LA. So I leave my big suitcase there. You can check it for like ten dollars a day. And very smart, pack light, go into the city. You're charmed. I'm charmed. I'm having a great time. And then after Billy Elliot on the second day, um, I'm going to go check in online. So I go to check in online, and I realize that my flight to LA is out of LaGuardia. It is not out of JFK, and it's at six oh five in the morning. So my not big bag, charmed. not charmed. Just when I was feeling, because I walked out of Billy Elliot, and I had this inner monologue, like, you know what, this. I'm. This is the first time in a long time I felt really charmed. Like this has gone so smoothly. My year turned around. Shouldn't have said it out loud, Dennis. I. I. That was like my inner monologue was like walking down the street in New York. I felt so good, and then so that was like okay, fuck. What am I gonna do? So I ended up staying up all night. I went to the airport, got the bag, tried to find a cab, and like there's no cabs. And the guy was like, you have to go back to Terminal Blank to get a cab. So I had to get back on the air train. Meanwhile, the clock is ticking. Ba 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 ba. 
And I'm walking through the terminal, and this guy's like, you need a cab? And it's snowy, and flights are being delayed, and if you miss your flight... Yeah, all of Who my flights, what? all of my flights worked out, but I right, know there were snow winds on both sides yeah, of them. So if you were to miss your flight, it could have been yeah. a catastrophe. So I'm walking through the terminal, and this guy's like, "You need a cab," and I was like, um, "Yeah," but he didn't look like a yellow cab guy because <laughs> there was no yellow. And he's like, "I was like, are, are you like a yellow cab?" And he's like, he showed me some kind of membership, and I'm like, "Okay, cool. What's your name?" And he's like, "Mohammed," and I'm like, "You know what? I'm gonna go with it. I'm going with it. You know, <laughs> fuck it, and I'm gonna get charmed again." So, um, then your Christmas was saved by a Muslim, totally saved by a Muslim. And he got me there to JFK, uh, to LaGuardia in time. And that's where the cluster fucking happened. And you know, when you check, you, you do electronic check-in and then you have to wait to give your bag. Yeah. Usually it's like five minutes or whatever, an hour and a half between electronic check-in to give your bag. And that's where people were losing their minds. And there was yeah. one poor woman that was trying to wrangle the thing. And I thought, she's going to go out on that curb and blow her brains out. Because this is the most nightmarish Which won't mob. help her. She should just open fire <laughs> at the line. And then knock a few people out. Yeah, and that would speed the line up then. Boy, but I barely made it. And then I got through. And I got everything worked out. But that And was then you my got biggest. home safely. Got home safely. And we went right back to work. On yes. the Fashion Police. And had a great episode this week. With Nicki with Minaj. With Nicki Minaj. Yes. Who showed up over two hours late? Yes. We had to actually start the show without her. We yes. start. We always start the taping with the third act where Joan is standing up by the vertical monitor yeah. with either George doing the trend. This week it was Juliana doing a gossip report. Right. And we cut to the other two cast members sitting in the in their regular chairs yeah. laughing. Right. And we were just like, if we don't cut to them. People will assume Nicki Minaj is sitting in her chair. Having a great, just, great time. Let's just get this first segment yeah. in. And then Nicki Minaj showed up. But we did all of the like extra stuff. We did the Jones online jokes and her promo yeah. stuff. And then finally she showed up and we did the show. And we were like right down to the wire because we have to be out of that studio by noon because we yeah. lose it for E! News. Right. And they have to take our set down yeah. in order to do E! News. Yeah. And... You know, this was the first time that our set was in this new studio, and yeah, studio taking a. it down has to take. They have to take each wall down in yeah. a certain order, and it's like we the our, the crew is so great. They're so nice to us, and they're so yeah. It's just it's really you know working on that show is such a pleasure. But Nikki is a wild card. We nobody knew what we were going to get. Yeah, and she was so nice, funny, and nice, and had some stick ready to go that was funny, like. There was this Fergie dress that came up, and Such everyone an awful dress. everyone hated it. But Nikki said she loved it because she actually, I wore it in my video, which is about to drop, da da da, with Drake, and she kind of got this sneaky promo in yeah. that was so yeah. right up Joan's alley because it's the kind of thing Joan would do. And she Joan had a lot fell of in humor. love with her. She was a charm sickle, yeah, and was great. And what I noticed is that anytime there's something like a new element in the show that people are a little nervous about, Joan shines like she rises to the occasion and and brings the most out of it well and she, she knows always... that she's like the team leader and she is really like i'm gonna fucking drag this new thing to the finish line but hook or crook but yeah but it's, but it's always inspired it yes. doesn't look like a drag it just oh, no, looks no, no, no. Like... But like she's like i'm really gonna make... and the thing is she just the new thing she... is usually not for joan it's like i'm gonna make this guest look good right i'm gonna make sure juliana's new gossip segment yeah goes great for Juliana. Like, yeah. she's really generous. She, But she always, like, rises to the occasion and just, like, 
makes things fly. And it's so it's, she's so it's, sweet, and, it's, and they're always more exciting than the regular segments. Like, I mean, they they always like I don't know the the new stuff always is like oh I'm so glad we did that I'm so glad we yeah. did that yeah. Well, so. her thing is I'm so grateful that you guys come up with new segments. Yeah. I'm going to really go balls out to make them work. Good. Because, you you know, you work hard coming up with them, and that's good. Yeah. She, um, you know, they're, she did this top secret Super Bowl commercial, and she's having the client uh, fly me to New York yeah. for the Super Bowl weekend because she's going to do a lot of press that Monday morning. And she wants me to, you know, whatever, give her some jokes for the press. And um, I mentioned that I'm excited, you know, to come see her in New York and um, I don't know. I want to go and see a show. You on there, bunk beds and I'm not sure. Huh? In her house, bunk beds with her at her house. I'll probably just get. She has a big bed. Yeah. I'm sure there's room for both of us. Um, and um, she goes, "Oh, you have to get a show, and you have to call my assistant and let, let us handle it for you." What tell you? Just call them and tell them what you want to see, and they'll handle the tickets. And I was like, oh, that's really generous. And she was like, no, let's decide right now what show you're going to see. And I was like, well, I think I want to see Billy Elliot. And she oh, yeah, you have to see it. It's so good. And I was like, but I'd like to see La Fall. Oh, yeah, I hear that's really great. I'd like to go. Maybe I'll go with you. Did it like really like she's really planning our little girlfriend weekend. Like, I think we I might get it. pedicures at some point. I, I don't even so. know. And um, she fucking emailed me today. Oh, cool. Tony, did you email Graham about those tickets? Because we need to get this settled. Like she, oh, she's on it. She's so That's really... sweet, and she's like, "Well, I'm off to Portland to perform in front of the symphony. Wish me luck." And it's so weird to get an email in the middle of a Saturday afternoon from Joan Rivers. I'm off to. Oh, did you get those tickets? We have to plan that, honey. Okay, off to Portland. Wish me. Luck. You don't need luck. You're Joan Rivers. You don't need luck. But that's my favorite thing about her. Is yes, that she takes nothing for granted. Nothing. And and nothing. that nothing. She takes nothing for granted, and, and she's like, that means you can't she's come gonna to work on every word. Show, yeah, and we've got to get you in a good show. Like, yeah. it really matters to her that I see a good show and have a good seat and have it. Like, yeah, that's incredible. She's amazing. Yeah, she's fantastic. We need to wrap this up. Okay, let me check my list. Well, um, we have gone over an hour. Okay, shit. So, oh fuck, I forgot one thing about London, and then I'll leave it. All right, quick. Um, when I was hanging out with the Trail Sisters, we went to the British Film Institute, where just where the Gay Film Festival is, uh -huh. and it's cool. I mean, they do film events there all year round, but it was really cool and slick and modern and contemporary, and there's a bar there and people hang out. And my shorts have played there oh, in past neat. festivals. So I'm like, this is a classy little yeah. set of digs. So if I if another film rub down or something gets in there, I'm going to try to go because it was like, yeah, just to hang out cool. in the lounge. On the West Bank. You know, yeah. so, as you do. Oh, and I forgot the bowling party, the New York bowling party, where Shane yeah. came and Norma, Couch Potato, was there. Great. And Michelle, my old producer from Twist, and my friend Tom. And it was a lot of fun. My God. last night in New York. And you have a bowling party coming up here in L.A. Yes, but on February 6th, which That's you're okay. all welcome to. But I just realized it's Super Bowl Sunday. Nobody cares. And I'm having to process that. No one is – look, your demographic for the bowling party yeah. is not the same demographic as the Super okay. Bowl. All and right. the lesbians can watch it on the TV in the bar. That's true. So it's a win-win. It's going to be bowl fun. I will be in there. both. I know you're gone. Because I'll be in New York yes. with Joan getting our pedicures. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be yeah. fun. And, and so, folks, please check out our sponsor, Dr. Kiss, the world's greatest lip balm. I have been on a couple of dates with a black guy. And he wanted to know why my lips were so soft. Right. This coming from a black man, okay, right. liked my lips. And I said, well, I owe all the credit to Dr. Kiss. Right. And I put some on and kissed him. And then he kept 
later in the day asking if he could borrow it. And he has now gone. So I gave him one. Yeah. And I gave him a Dr. Kiss also. Yeah. And um, he has ordered it. <laughs> yeah. And is now giving it, got all the girls in his office obsessed by Dr. Kiss. That's just happened this week, people. I'm telling you, Dr. Kiss a is phenomenon. a GD life changer. Right on. You owe it to yourself. It's the best $12 you can spend on yourself. Yeah. And the black man in your life. That's right. They love so, it. So uh, that's kind of a little cliffhanger. Yes. Oh, my God. The fax is telling us we have to wrap this All up. All right. We'll wrap it up. So uh, check out Dr. Kiss. You can email us at DennisHensley.com or yes. TonyTripley.com. Or you can email us at TheComedyCouch at gmail.com. I'm signing. I, and sign up for my newsletter because I have a fun newsletter coming out soon. Please do that. All righty. We love you for listening. January 21st and 22nd. 21st and 22nd here. You can get all the information on DennisHensley.com. Mm. Not really. Well, we, you better you put it up there. I know, right? All righty. We love right. you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.